Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Pathway Church. You guys doing okay today? Come on, are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I want to welcome all of our campuses tuning in and all those online with us today. Super excited that you guys are here. And I really just want to echo what Pastor Andrick said about Pastor Travis and Miss Kelly. Man, I'm so grateful to be under a pastor who's not afraid to speak out and say what right is right and what wrong is wrong and being able to learn under him and glean from him has been a true honor in my life. And could you all join me in honoring him and his family today as we I'm super grateful to share the platform with him today as well too. And I've been super excited about this series called Faith at Work as we've kind of dived off into the book of James. Uh, The last few weeks have been really challenging for my faith uh, in a good way. And I hope that today is no different. And I want to encourage you to go back into the archives on our app or on our YouTube. Man, we even put them on MySpace. If you guys still have MySpace as well, too, uh, to go check that out. And, uh, man, we'd love for you guys to go watch that and catch up if you haven't already. And uh, really excited about today. And really my hope and my prayer is that what we say today, what we discuss today, I believe is a word from heaven for those of you that have felt like you have been stuck in a season of indecision and uncertainty. Because what happens is you can have all the faith in the world, but what I've noticed about my walk with God is that there's a whole nother ball game when you actually put your faith to work and you begin to exercise it. It's one thing to talk a big game, but you also gotta play it as well too. And really my hope is that I challenge and encourage you to do the same this morning. Uh, If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in James chapter 2, beginning of verse 14, uh, and then we'll start there, and then we'll kind of cruise on over to 1 Samuel chapter 14. So if you got your Bible, go ahead, turn there, or, you know, if you're kind of new age and you want to go ahead, turn your Bible on, uh, that'll also work today as well, too. And I'm going to go ahead and begin our scripture today out of James chapter 2, verse 14, and it says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters... If someone claims to have faith, but no one has deeds, can such faith save them? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God. Good. So do the demons believe that as well. And they shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. We're skipping down to verse 26. He gives a couple of examples there. Verse 26 says, the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And I can go through a plethora of different stories in today's text, really and all through scripture of how we see people, characters, certain characters, apply their faith by their action. And oftentimes, the basic parallel to these stories is that God will not show up unless they begin to act on it. 
God will give them a word, they move on it, or they decide not to. And as they move, God begins to make the miracle happen that he said he would do. And oftentimes we get tricked into thinking that we have to sit still and wait on the Lord in order for things to happen. I believe it's the contrary, that you have to put your faith into action and begin to move. It's kind of like I just started working out at the gym with a guy here at, at Moffat Campus, one of a, a good buddy of mine, and he's super buff, and he's like one of those guys I want to be when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? Like his veins are popping out. Man, I'm looking forward to that, okay? I'm trying to get my diet right and everything. But that's kind of like me going to the gym and just sitting on the bench watching him work out and expecting the same results. It doesn't happen that way. you got to exercise your faith. And if your faith is in a dry place today, my prayer is that it becomes alive again and is restored back to how God intended it. So we're going to skip over to 1 Samuel chapter 14, and we'll kind of camp out here for the rest of today. 1 Samuel 14, and we find our counterparts here today, Jonathan and his armor bearer. And what has happened is that Saul, the king of Israel and the priest of Israel, the two main guys to deliver the word of the Lord and to really deliver the victory, if you will, to Israel, are now found themselves under a pomegranate tree, and they are hiding from the enemy, which in this case is the Philistines. And so what has happened due to Saul's fear, due to Saul's incapacity to be able to act on his faith, the enemy has now surrounded the outskirts and set up all of these encampments around the Israelite army. And so Jonathan and his armor bearer come to ends with themselves and they say, you know what? I'm not going out like that. We got to do something about this. And so we see in 1 Samuel 14, verse 6, it says, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let's go across to the outpost of these uncircumcised Philistines. And I really think this is a cool moment because Jonathan, out of faith, he's starting to talk trash about his, his army, his enemy there. He's starting to talk, a little, he's getting a little bit bold about himself. He's like, you know, these people are around us and, you know, just trying to, to really boost himself up and but I really think he had this underlying confidence, even in his uncertainty, that God was with him no matter what. And sometimes in the uncertain places of your life, you have to know that you know that you know that God is with you no matter what. That is what the faith of that means. And he begins with, come on now, let's go across to the outpost of our enemy. Maybe, somebody say maybe. Maybe. God will work for us. There's no rule that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. In this fourth installment of our series, Faith at Work, I feel like my assignment to deliver to you today, all of our campuses and online, is how to encourage and really challenge you to begin to move on a maybe. Move on a maybe. When it seems unclear, and uncertain how to move on a maybe. I want to teach you this principle because this principle has really been a key part in my life as a leader and as a husband, as a father. And if I can be completely honest with you, I just kind of make it up as I go. (laughs) 
I'm just kind of in maybe moments all throughout my life, and I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, and uh, as we go, especially in parenting, okay? I have a four-year-old son. His name is Abraham, and he's the joy, he's the ball of joy in our house. He's just getting to that age where he's developing a huge personality, way bigger than his little body can handle, and unfortunately, it comes out all the time. And uh, then on top of that, God decided it was going to be awesome to go ahead and send me two more boys in the form of twins. And so my wife is 30 weeks pregnant there. Hey, don't clap. I'm nervous as can be right now. Don't be clapping for that, okay? I'm just kidding. You guys can clap. But I'm uncertain about it. I'm uncertain that I have no clue what I'm doing half the time. And uh, if I can be honest, a lot of us in this room have found ourselves in a maybe moment, in a maybe moment. Maybe you're in that moment today to where maybe your indecision has imprisoned you to move forward. You're at a crossroads in your life trying to figure out if this is God or is this the pizza that I just ate today. Are you there today? (laughs) And pizza's good, y'all, don't get me wrong. Pizza and Jesus is always a good combination. That's free of charge right there I gave you. You don't have to pay for it. But I believe God is going to show you something today that I believe, just from my own experience, that the miracle is in the maybe moments of your life. And at this stage in my life, I've figured out and I've kind of found out that I've never been more, less certain about things, but also, on the contrary, never been more confident about things as well in my life. And It's a strange thing when you give up your need for certainty, you can gain a true confidence that is independent of any circumstance you may face. And it's funny to me as, you know, we've been doing this pastoring thing for quite some time now, Danielle and I have counseled several people and seen different stories and different issues that people deal with, but it's crazy to me how many times that we allow our circumstance to dictate God's character. To say that here I am in this current circumstance to where it has overruled and overpowered any faithfulness God has shown himself proven time and time again in our life. And so we allow our circumstance rather than the character to drive a lot of that. But if I can be honest, I found out that my faith is not a formula. It's not a mathematical equation that I can just write down on a piece of paper It's not that type of faith, but, and what happens is if I think it's that type of faith, then it will begin to collapse under the challenges of life from real bills to real problems to real marital issues to real doctor's reports to real all these different things. But I'm talking about a type of faith that is not dependent on my circumstance. I'm talking about a type of faith that is not dependent on my plans to prevail. I need the kind of faith that can stand up against the worst thing that ever happens in my life. I need the kind of faith that shines bright, even the dark seems to be darkest. I need the type of faith when I don't know what to do, can't see it, I can't feel it, I don't get the tinglys anymore. I need the type of faith that works on my behalf. And so around the verse I read you this morning, there's a little episode that is taking place or a little... Uh, show, if you will, that is happening, and 
As James stated in his book, there's many different episodes and really many different stories that take place in Scripture that display the way transition always gives an opportunity to trust in God. Did you know that transition in your life gives an opportunity to trust God? Any transition you go to, there is an opportunity for you to trust God. And here we are, we find the nation of Israel kind of in a negative transition in their life. Things didn't go the way they had planned out. Have you ever been there before? <laughs> you, play, you write it all down, you plan for it, you do all these different things, and surprise, here we are. You are in a path that you never intended. You're in a path that you can't really figure out and understand, and you're uncertain. We find our friends, the Israelites, in the same place, and as I mentioned earlier, King Saul and the priest of the time, the one that is supposed to talk to God, are hiding themselves under a pomegranate tree away from their enemy, hiding their friends, their army away from the enemy. And what happens is that we see Saul losing the unique ability to be able to hear the voice of God. And what happens when you lose that ability to hear the voice of God, you waste a lot of energy a lot of resources, a lot of time, and worry on situations that God never wanted you to give attention to. I wonder how many of us in this room today, we have wasted time and energy on situations and relationships because we refuse to sit down and listen to the voice of God and we go out on our same faith in ourselves. oh, I can make it work with or without God, and now here we are wondering where God is in all of it. We have found ourselves in a situation and circumstance, if you will, hiding away. And I think that's where we find ourselves, just like the Israelites today, that we find ourselves hiding in places, tucked away in our own mindsets, in our own patterns, in our own isolation, away from people, away from problems, away from opportunities, away from a risk that may lead to success. So 1 Samuel 13, verse 23, it says, Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash. It's important to note here, ladies and gentlemen, that no matter what season you're in, if you're in a season of transition, the passages always represent a place of transition. From the moment where you, knew, you thought you knew what you knew to where things you don't know or a place where you were to a place where you are going. And what I know about the enemy many, many times is that he will set up an ambush at the passages that will keep you from moving forward in those transitions or pivotal moments in your life. There will be places and moments where you are going from one season to the other and you will experience some type of warfare in your life. So 1 Samuel 14, 1, it says one day, everybody say one day. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. It's very key to learn here, ladies and gentlemen, be, be very, very careful and intentional who you talk to about what God is doing in your life. 
It's important because what will happen is that you will get a God idea, the right idea in your life, but you will begin to share that with the wrong people. So what happens, the right idea to the wrong people, now the idea begins to die and wither away and you find yourself complacent in your fear because you have talked to the wrong people and now you have believed what they didn't believe all along. I wonder at airport and Foley and even at South Haven and online or here at Moffat, how many God ideas that have died and wither away because you have the wrong people around you. You have ideas and dreams and visions in your life that have been planted strategically by God, but you have shared it with the wrong people. <laughs> so meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men were Ahaz, the priest, who was wearing the ephod, the priestly vest. Ahaz was the son of Ichabod's brother Ahitab, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord, who had served at Shiloh. Why is that important? Because you are seeing the generational priesthood that is taking place. So here we have the priest who is destined and called by God to talk, go into the holy of holies to get the information from God. Should we do this? Yes or no? Should we do this? Maybe so. Who knows? He gets all that information and shares it with the king of Israel, and then they make a strategy and a plan to move forward. They are both hiding under the tree. Nobody is hearing from the Lord. They are both hiding out in their fear and their complacency. So no one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Shinah, which means slippery and thorny. And the importance that I need you to catch here today, church, following God is never easy. When you step out in faith from God, you really put your faith to work. There will be things that are slippery, that are thorny, that are uncertain, that are uncomfortable, that he has called you to reach out in, and he has called you to reach out in it and go forward. Stop thinking that it's supposed to feel good. Stop thinking that, oh, if I come to church and I get the tinglys every time Pastor Kyle sings, same God, that it, that means God is moving on my life. It's not supposed to be easy. He never promised it would be easy. And here's the thing I need you to, to know today, church. Just because you're in an uncertain place does not mean you don't have a certain purpose. Because you do. One of the proof that you're in his will is that you're experiencing some type of warfare. Nine times out of ten, it will be some type of internal resistance that you and I are feeling and everything seems to go crazy in your life. As my mama says all the time, new levels, new devils. Anytime you want to do something significant for God, prepare to be onslaughted with some type of assault. But Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let's go across to the outpost of these uncircumcised Philistines, maybe Maybe. God will work for us. There's no rule that says God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving us if he puts his mind to it. 
And I thank God for his word every day. I thank God that we have a pastor who delivers the truth. And Pastor Travis, he comes, delivers the word of God. I'm thankful that we get to come to the church and deliver and hear a passionate word of God. I'm thankful for his word that we get to come in and hear it. And I'm thankful for his word in this moment to, and not the word that where he said nothing can hinder the Lord or even come on, let's go over. But I'm thankful for that one little word in this passage that says maybe, maybe, maybe. That word gives me hope. It gives me hope for my insecurities and my impossibilities and my uncertainty. Gives me hope that sometimes even in the midst of following God, there are going to be moments where I have great faith, but then the next moment I'm overcome by great fear. And so I love what his armor bearer says. He says, do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead with your bad self. I am with you, heart and soul. And I love this little altercation, this dialogue that they, they have here. It says, Jonathan says, come on then. And then the armor bearer says, go ahead then. Come on then, go ahead then. And they just start pumping themselves up. Sometimes you need friends around you that no matter how crazy the idea is, that they say, go ahead with your bad self. Go on. I know God's going to work in your favor. I know God's going to do some amazing things in your life. Come on then. Let's go take this land. Because even though people are hiding in fear, we're going to be the two that are standing in faith because we serve a God who has proven himself generationally time and time again that he will always come through if we move on a maybe. (laughs) I like that because Wes, that brings me back to my varsity football days back then. Yeah. It makes me think of the moment where we get ready for a big game and we're buffing each other up. We're hitting each other in the helmet and pumping each other's chest and doing all these crazy things. Come on then. Let's go then. Come on then. And then it would hurt you know, because I usually would do it with an offensive lineman who was way bigger than I was. I wouldn't make the smartest tro- choices back then. <laughs> Go ahead then. Come on then. And I want you guys to listen to this plan that Jonathan has. This is probably one of the craziest ideas you can find in the Bible. And really the only other idea that I can think of that is crazier is when Moses stuck his stick out over the Red Sea. That is pretty crazy. Or maybe David throwing a rock at a giant with a sword. That's pretty crazy. Or maybe Jesus commanding the lunch from a little boy in a crowd of about 15,000 plus people. That's pretty crazy. Or maybe a widow going around asking her neighbors for oil. That's pretty crazy. You know, now that I think about it, I... I think it's pretty crazy to the people that when they start moving out on faith in God, it probably seemed pretty crazy to them in the moment. It's going to seem pretty crazy to a lot of people around you when you move out on the maybe. So listen how crazy this is. Someone say bad idea. Oh, y'all can do a little bit better than that. Somebody say bad idea. There we go. Thank you. I can't preach to myself, although I will. Pastor Travis gave me about three hours of content, so man, I'll... I got three hours for you. I'm just kidding. Everybody's getting nervous. Like, where's the exit at, man? Let me get out of here. (laughs) But 1 Samuel 14, verse 7, it says, here's Jonathan's crazy plan. We will cross over toward them and let them see us. I thought when you're supposed to sneak up on somebody, 
You're supposed to be sneaky. But he says, let them see us. And so verse 9, it says, if they say to us, now watch this. He's making this up as he goes. He's just shooting from the hip at this point in his life. Because I want you to notice something about this passage. God gives Jonathan the victory, but God doesn't say a single word to him or anybody. The only people who speak in this passage are Jonathan, his assistant, and the enemies. God doesn't say a word. So what do you do when God is silent in your life? Do you stand still or do you move out in faith? So Jonathan makes up this plan. He says, you know what, my my dad, the king, he's under the tree, and the priest who is supposed to be doing what we're doing, they're under the tree, everybody's hiding, but I'm not going out like this. I've got bigger, better plans. I I do not want to die like this. And so he says in 1 Samuel 14, he says, if they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. And just when you think it can't get any crazier, so both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outposts. Look, said the Philistines. The Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men in the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearers said, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. How are you going to speak of a battle in past tense when you haven't even fought it yet? That's crazy. That's crazy to me. He had already prophesied the Lord will deliver them into our hand. And they haven't even climbed the rocks to meet them yet. But you see, James says it like this in verse 24 in chapter 2. He says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Jonathan knew something about God. He knew something that it was more than just coming to hear a word. He knew it was something that listening to just your favorite worship song. He knew I had to act upon what God is telling me to do. And I know, I trust without a shadow of a doubt, if I do it, God will show himself faithful. He knew it. And he knew that his current situation could not dictate God's character. But wait, it gets crazier. Check this out. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and his feet. Do you know how vulnerable you have to be? You don't have any weapon. You don't have anything. You're just climbing up. Something that's slippery and thorny. Something that could probably kill you if you fall. And here's what I need to tell you today, church. If you want victory in your life, victory always requires vulnerability. Always. You have to make yourself vulnerable to experience a great relationship. If I was closed off to my wife all the time, if I would never be the real me around her, then she would fall in love with the fake me and never understand the real me. It requires vulnerability. Maybe you need to be vulnerable to step out in that business or that venture that you know the Lord's been telling you to start. It takes vulnerability. 1 Samuel 14, 13, it says, with his armor bearer right behind him, 
The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. All because Jonathan said, hey, y'all watch this. I got an idea. The famous last words of a redneck. I firmly believe that Jonathan was from South Alabama. I really do. Hey, y'all watch this. I got an idea. And that never ends good, by the way, if, especially as we're getting ready to shoot fireworks and all that. Don't do that, guys, okay? Let's move on. <laughs> I, hey, y'all, watch this. He had an idea, a God idea. And I'm at a place in my life where I don't think the value is in the idea necessarily, but rather the value is in the courage of acting on that idea. You got to realize how many people say things like this every single day. I got an idea, but you never act upon it. Anybody, anybody can have an idea. Anybody. My son, I mentioned he's four years old. His name is Abraham, and he is a ball of joy, man. He runs our house. I'm telling you, he's just amazing. And so the other day, I was getting ready to go to the gym before I came into the office, and he usually sits on the couch playing or coloring, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, right before I walked out the door, he said, Daddy, you a wolf. I said, okay then. Oh, I just start howling. And all of a sudden, he's on the couch. He stops what he's doing. Oh, and then Danielle's getting ready for work all the way across the house. I, all of a sudden, I hear, oh, and we got a whole pack of wolves happening in our house right now. And I think it was so crazy because I think the, co the neighbors want to call the cops on us and all that. I think this, our neighbors are getting overtaken by a pack of wolves. You guys need to come check it out. But just because my son had the idea that I was a wolf doesn't necessarily mean I was a, I was a wolf in that moment. But man, I'll be whatever he wants me to be, right? I'll do whatever he wants me to be. Anybody can think of things. Anybody can have an idea. And I couldn't help but to think as we get ready to close today. You have Jonathan and his armor bearer, and they build up the courage and the faith to actually move. Maybe God will move on our behalf. But I was so enamored when I read the scripture of what Saul and the priest were doing in this moment. I know we've read about them being under the pomegranate tree, but what was happening on the inside of them? What was happening on the inside? And I believe Saul had came to a place in his faith to where he had tried to manipulate God for long enough that he had given up on himself and given up on God to where he never spent time with God personally anymore unless it was for his benefit. And I can't help but to think that many of us in this room today may look at our relationship with God in that sense. That God, you're not going to move unless I get something out of it too. I'm not going to put my faith in you unless, you get, unless I get something out of it. And oftentimes I think we try to 
play like we're in middle school with God. You know what I'm saying? Like if you liked a pretty girl or a cute guy or whatever, you would write this little note, fold it up in a real cute way, maybe some hearts or something on it. And then you would say, do you love me? Check yes or no. Am I supposed to do this, God? Check yes or no. And normally nine times out of 10, what I would do if I knew they were going to say no, I put a third box there. It said, check, maybe. That give me a little bit of hope, right? That, well, maybe, okay, I got some stuff I could work on, but I know she looking, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times our relationship with God is the same way, check yes or no. And then we put that third box, well, maybe. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, maybe he will, but if he doesn't, I'm still gonna move in faith regardless because I know the God I serve. And it would be so easy to be able to do that. Do you imagine the people, the relationships, the problems we would have avoided if we just got a simple yes or no? <laughs> so church, what do you do with the maybe? Are you in a maybe moment this morning? Are you in a season of maybe? And here's the thing that I've realized about God is that even if he gave me a yes or no answer, I still would not have the faith to move forward in that most of the time. But I think Saul felt the urge that a lot of us in this room have felt. And if he were here today, I feel like he would tell you and I the same thing. He felt the urge that a lot of presidents feel. He felt the urge that a lot of pastors feel. He felt the urge that a lot of celebrities feel. He felt the urge that a lot of important, successful people feel. And that is the urge to quit. Are you there today in the moment of your maybe and you want to throw in the towel? You have the urge to quit. And I came with a message to each and every one of you today, those of you online at each campus today, don't you dare give up on your dream. Don't you dare throw in the towel. I don't care if you don't have the money for it, you don't have the prerequisites for it. Don't you do it, don't you do it, don't you dare do it. Keep believing, keep hoping that God will show up even in the midst of your faith. It may take you twice as long. You may have to take a couple of courses and classes. You may not move as quick as you used to, but praise be to God that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And even in your maybe, he'll meet you right where you are today. Sometimes having faith, ladies and gentlemen, is doing the best you can with what you got. We may not break any ribbons, we may not raise any trophies, but if we can learn how to hang in there, we'll be all right. And I won't lie to you, I won't. There have been moments where I know I've got a lot left in the tank, but I've seen days where I did not want to get out of the bed, I didn't want to put my clothes on, I didn't want to brush my teeth. I have seen days so dark in my own personal life that I wanted to just keep driving and no matter where I would end up. But I came to tell you today that if Saul was in this moment today, keep the faith. He would tell you, keep what I lost a long time ago. Keep the faith in God because in the moment, I know it seems crazy, I know enemies are surrounding you, but keep the faith. Keep the faith today, church. You got to keep it. You may be broke, but you're believing. You may be lo lonely, but you're believing. You may be, feel betrayed, but you keep believing. 
If you lose your job, keep the faith. If you lose a spouse, keep the faith. If you bury someone closest to you, keep the faith. If you're at your wit's end and you don't know where to go, keep the faith. If you get sick, keep the faith. If you lose your kidneys, keep the faith. If you got heart trouble, keep the faith. You might not get a new heart, but keep the faith. If people betray you, stab you in the back, keep the faith. You keep pressing, you keep going, you keep moving on your maybe today. Keep moving. And what I've come to realize and why I think small groups are so important is this. A lot of us are suffering in silence in our relationship with God because we're living in bitterness with our relationship with others. You have given up on God because people have labeled you the wrong label. You refuse to move out on that dream because you told it to the wrong people in your life. I guarantee you that if Jonathan was here today and he didn't have an armor bearer that said, you go do what you need to do. Come on then. Go ahead with your bad self. Do it. The battle would have not gone the way that it went. Jonathan knew something about his faith, and I believe it's what Pastor Travis shares with us every, all the time. Work like everything depends on you but pray like everything depends on God. You got to put your faith to work. You got to exercise it. Faith without works is dead, James says. And here's the thing I need to tell you, and we'll close with this. Second close, I'm just kidding. And if you would, everybody just stand all over our campuses. Those of you that may be watching online, if you want to stand. Here's one thing that I know about God. God will not reveal truth unless you move toward it. You keep looking for all the answers. And this today may be your last resort. And you have allowed your experiences, bad experiences, things that have labeled you to determine what your faith will be. And what I love about Jonathan is what I'm challenging you with today. He said, come on now. Now is the time. Don't wait until you got it all together. Don't wait until you got enough money in the bank. Don't wait till everything adds up. Now is the time. Now is the place. Now is the moment that you step out on a maybe. And maybe God will work for us. Because here's what I know about God. Faith is being able to move on a maybe. Faith is being able to move on a maybe. And even though the plan might not work, God is still working. Even when I'm uncertain, God is still working. Even when it doesn't add up, God is still working because he never stops working and he makes a way where there seems to be no way. He makes a way where there seems to be enemies surrounded all around you. And I came to tell your enemy today, the enemy that may be surrounding you, God and his angel armies are surrounding it today and he's given you the authority and the purpose and the plan to work it out for his good in Jesus name today you got to move on a maybe and here's how you do that three ways real quick number one you got to get alone with God some of you in this room watching online at each campus you may not have spoken to God in quite some time and you're wondering 
what direction you need to take. Get alone with him. Number two, you got to get the right people around you. That's why we love small groups. Get some right people around you that ain't afraid that, uh, to face your addiction with you, to face all your issues with you, that they'll say, come on then. I know we've got a God that can serve with us today. Come on then. Let's do this thing together. You need some right people around you. And number three, you need to write down the action steps of whatever that dream is for you. Bring clarity into your life. The miracle is in the maybe. The miracle's in the maybe, church. What maybe moment are you facing today? What maybe moment are you asking God to prove himself faithful in your life? Are you in the place Saul found himself where you've quit? You've thrown in the towel. Can I tell you this morning that God is right here in this room today? And he loves you. He loves you to the point that is beyond your capacity to understand. But he doesn't stop there. He's got a plan and a purpose for each and every one of you. Don't you quit. Move on that maybe. Move. And so what I'm going to do, we're going to do things a little different today is that I believe you can have all the faith in the world, but once you put action and faith together, that makes it dynamic. And I believe what I want, want us to do, what I feel the Spirit of the Lord commanding us to do today, is that at each campus, I'm going to count to three. And Pastor Julio and Pastor Freddie, when I say move, you guys take it at each campus today, and you begin to minister to the people there. But here at Moffat, I want us to do right here on the count of three, and when I say move, I want you to just move your way forward to the altar. I want you to move your way forward, telling yourself and your faith that I'm moving out. I'm taking a step out on a limb today because I know the God of the universe is here in this room. And he's going to make miracles out of the maybe today. Do you believe that this morning, church? Do you believe it today? On the count of three, here we go. Three, two, one. I want you to just move at each campus. Move, move, move. Come on, move down front, move down front. We're moving on a maybe today. Today is our maybe. Today is our maybe. Come on, I want you to move. I want you to move. I want you to move today. Lord, won't you move today amongst your people, people that have given you all the faith in the world where they feel like they can't move forward. We're moving on faith today. So here's what I want to do today, church. I want, us to, I want to pray. And what I would love for us to do as I pray, and if you feel led, I'd love for you to turn to your neighbor next to you, and I want you to begin to pray with them. Because something happens when we come together in a maybe moment. And things change, begin to break, things begin to happen, miracles begin to take place to say we're not satisfied with the status quo anymore. But this is different. We're moving on a maybe today. Can you guys do that for me today? Can you turn to your neighbor in just a moment after I pray and you begin to lay hands on them, you pray for them because there is power in unity this morning. Father, we thank you today. God, that you have not forgotten about us. 
God, that you see us right where we are this morning. God, that you see us in the midst of our maybe, in the midst of our uncertainty, in the midst of our doctor's reports, in the midst of any issue and circumstance we may be dealing with. You see us right here, right now. And so, God, I'm asking that your presence come reign in this place today, God, that you touch any person in this room today that is stepping out on a maybe that needs a touch from heaven. God, I feel your spirit in this room today that you are turning miracles out of the maybe today. God, that you're doing an amazing, impossible work in our lives today, God. Won't you continue that work that you started long ago? God, I pray right now that hope begin to rise in this room today, a faith place like no other begins to rise in this room today. God, that you, we declare and decree that you are the same God today, yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the miracles that you did back then, God, you want to do them right here in this moment today. God, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the effort and honesty things that we can do today. We give it all to you. Come on, can we just lift up a good shout of praise in the room today? We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.